You're listening to Big Shot Business Podcast. The what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. Here's your host, Linkford Biz. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Big Shot Business Podcast. This is the place where we discuss the what, the why, and the how of building and running a successful business on the African continent. I'm your host, Linkford Biz, and today we've got quite an episode for you. But before we get started, here's a message from our sponsors today. This episode is sponsored by Awesome Lab. For all your web design and development, mobile and web apps, social media marketing, PPC and much more, Awesome Labs is the one-stop agency for you. Visit theawesome.co.za. Awesome Labs, the web is chemistry. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And this is episode number two. Amazingly, this is episode number two. We're on the journey. We're on the journey. We're still keeping it up. And today, I've got a question for you. Is Africa ready for a post-pandemic era? I know we still have most countries still under lockdown, different levels across the continent. But is Africa ready for a post-pandemic era? And that question has been on my mind, I believe, since... um, a couple of months ago and i was wondering really what would be the thing that we can do right now that would make sure or that would prepare us for when this is all over in most cases there's a crisis around most people just they get into that crisis mode they stop being creative all they're ever thinking about is the crisis that is around and how it's affecting them not what they can do about it or uh, what they can do after it so As that question kept ringing in my mind, I started looking into what Africa is capable of as of this moment. You know, this was a few months ago. This was a few months ago. So I was looking at Africa still under lockdown in most places and thinking to myself, what are we capable of at this moment? What stage are we at and what can we do from here? Right. So uh, I went into a sort of evaluation of what Africa is. And believe me, where we are, we are capable of doing anything. So anyways, is Africa ready for a post-pandemic era? So I asked myself three things. What would a post-pandemic era look like? Well, in the first few months, um, most economies will be trying to recover and uh, um, get back to a sort of normality especially when it comes to their economies and getting back to the business as usual uh type scenario and it's going to be a process it's going to be a process for most company for for most countries because economies went on a halt total halt no economic activity whatsoever and that was a very dangerous place to be because we need our economies running so that we can have our nations running properly right money answered all things without an economy running the country goes down pretty fast and that is not good for anybody and the second thing i asked myself is what do we have from here what do we have we might have said we've lost everything because we stopped doing business but what do we have right now a man without a thing to offer is a broke man indeed but i believe africa can never be broke so what do we have right now i looked at it and i thought to myself Africa is the most talented continent. Honestly speaking, I believe that with my heart. We are the most talented 
we've been brain drained, yes, but we are the most talented, right? So we still have talent, you know. It reminds me of a statement that was said by um, the co-founder of Reimagine Essay, uh, Mampela Rampela, if I'm not mistaken. I believe she's the one that said it. And it was a very profound statement. I looked at it and I thought to myself, these are kind of the, the things we are looking for to be able to start building our economies again. These are the types of thoughts we need to be having. You know, she said a statement that goes like this, and I'm going to be quoting her here. This, is, this was a statement said by uh, Mampela Rampela. And she says, no economy can prosper while excluding the energies and talents of the majority of its youthful population. Most countries in Africa are doing exactly this. Most countries are excluding the majority of their youth. And I mentioned in the last episode that the youth population is the largest population on the continent, meaning that we have skills and talents concentrated in the largest population. A fool is the only person that wouldn't take uh, advantage of that or leverage that, you understand? So that was one of the things I, 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 I was asking myself, right? What do we have? We have the skills, we have the, 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 the talents right here on the continent before we even think of importing them. Because that's another thing. We can import skills too, right? It's not only the Americas and the Europes and the Asias that can import skills. Africa can import skills and we'll get to that. We'll get to that. And number three, I, I asked myself, where would we need to start? right? We have, we have looked at where we are. We have looked at what we have. Where do we need to start in order for us to be able to set out for a prosperous future post-pandemic era, right? I believe what we need to do, this is me, this is me, and there are many ways of doing this, and there are many uh, other ideas out there, and I'm open to it, I'm open to it, get on Big Shot Business Network, let's talk about it, tell me what ideas you have, but this is what I think. For starters, government need to realize that it was business that has been keeping us, that has been keeping our economies running for a very long time, and it was in favor of business that most countries started relaxing regulations. This is my opinion. And I say that because if it hadn't been for businesses talking to government and saying, hey, look, you're really pressing us on this one. Um, can we have a relaxation on that one? Can we, can we relax on that re regulation? Can we, can, we, can we remove that part? Negotiating all those things, if it wasn't business that was doing that, government would have had no incentive. But government is also a business. This is my opinion. Government is also a business. They need to be running profit and loss, income and uh, um, expenditures. Businesses are the reason we are getting back to a little bit of normality, not necessarily because the dangers have gone away, but because we have realized that we are capable of handling what comes our way. So we need to get to a position where we get all the businesses back on track. There are some businesses that will never come back. I understand that. There are some that will never come back. Some that were so badly affected that they've gone bankrupt during the, the, um, the time we had lockdown. And that's a very sad thing because 
some of those businesses were based on very brilliant ideas that would have improved. That's kind of where I believe we need to start, putting all the businesses back on track. I understand that, yes, there are, there are, there are relief uh, programs that um, many different um, governments had put in place to assist businesses sort of manage the time and manage the, 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 the loss of income and all those things. But we need to put solid, solid plans for businesses to be sustainable on the continent and not just sustainable, but crash-proof to some extent, right? And that presents us with um, all the opportunities that I'm going to be talking about in today's episode. It's a very brilliant position to be in, in the fact that the moment we start thinking about it, the moment we start thinking, hey, what opportunities are we presented with because of the situation we found ourselves in, all these new ideas start popping up. All these new ideas start popping up and our minds become open to the possibilities of what our continent can do. And in looking at the opportunities that we have and the opportunities that are being presented to us as a result of um, what COVID-19 has done, I came to understand some of the issues that are currently holding Africa back. And these are issues that I believe our leaders would need to start discussing and start implementing policy to, to mitigate. And one of those issues is priority of development, prioritizing development in Africa. The issue is not that there is not enough food in the world to feed every mouth. The issue is that it has not been prioritized. So the issue is also not that there are too many rural areas or too many undeveloped places in Africa. The issue is that development has not been prioritized across the continent as a board. We still have some of the worst rural areas in the entire world. You could be giving me the look and saying, yeah, they're rural areas, what do you expect? I expect far better. I expect internet access at a rural place. We cannot leave a population behind. So the priority of development, especially technological developments, bringing internet, bringing internet access to, 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 to rural areas, to underdeveloped places, road networks, all those things, we need to prioritize the infrastructure that we require to perform at the standard where the world currently is so that we are not only uh, a continent that provides raw materials, we become a continent that also provides complete products, a level of sophistication to the things we export, right? I would really appreciate a level of sophistication to the things we, are, we export. You could say, yeah, we're already doing that with other products, but I am saying we need a level of sophistication in everything, everything, everything. We need a level of sophistication in everything, right? So priority of development is very important right now. For Africa to be ready for a post-pandemic era, priority of development, that needs to be one of the issues we put forth. And we as business owners, as um, entrepreneurs, we need to start creating the, uh, the technology that is required for it. We have the skills 
We have the skills. We need to start thinking bigger. What is it that Africa needs right now technologically that either Americans have, have, have done or haven't done or uh, any other place have done or haven't done? Regardless, it's something that would be helping Africa. And we want that to be done by Africans. That's what I'm saying, right? So priority of development, starting with us, starting from the entrepreneurs and the business owners on the African continent. Um, let's take a quick break and when I get back, we'll get deeper into the opportunities that this uh, uh, COVID-19 has presented us. All right, so welcome back. I'm Linkford Biz and this is the Big Shot Business Podcast. And today we're talking, is Africa ready for a post-pandemic era? I believe it is, but there are just a few things we need to sort out. A little housekeeping here and there, you know. So I was talking about the priority of development, right? Priority of development. We need to start prioritizing developing the continent, all right? The second thing I also came across as I was doing, as I was, uh, doing my research, checking if Africa could be ready. Could we be ready at this moment for a post-pandemic era? I came across a term that was used by um, a lady. I believe her name is... I think her name is Sheila Burgeon. She's the CEO of a company called The Cord, right, uh, based in Kenya. She said, we need to also prioritize technological sovereignty. I found that very fascinating. It's a term I had never heard of, but I found that very fascinating because, yes, it means we start using technologies that are made here on the continent, not importing technologies, right? We need to be our own technological advances, not jumping just because uh, uh, Microsoft produced something or jumping because there's a new technology that was designed in China or designed. Whilst we understand, yes, it's beautiful, cannot continue relying on other people to do things for us, to think for us, to create for us. We cannot. It's high time we started creating. It's high time they ate our soup. <laughs> I know this may sound very political about it, trying to politicize how the continent runs, but it's not really the main point. The main point is that Africa needs to start developing its own solutions, right? And technological sovereignty is a very good way to start. As business owners, as entrepreneurs, this presents us with a great opportunity. And I love that because opportunities are the ways that we create the solutions for the problems we're facing. Every problem presents us with an, with an opportunity. And this is it. This is it. So in looking at things like having our own technologies, that already opens up the market for somebody to fill in the gap where software engineers are required, someone to fill in the gap where uh, marketers are required, someone to fill in the gap where designers are required, Right. All of those are opportunities. All of those are places where somebody needs to fill in. You see, everyone that has made it and is at the top, everyone that has made it and is at the top, they're occupying a seat. And that seat one day will be vacant. And when that seat is vacant, somebody else has to go sit on it. But if you don't prepare yourself for that seat, you always be watching other people sitting on it and making decisions about your life without involving you. You see? And that's exactly 
what happens if Africa relies on other nations and other continents to create technologies, to create solutions. Can you imagine that um, whilst it's a beautiful solution, I believe that it's a really beautiful solution. It's an amazing invention. Somebody invented a, a filtering straw that allows you to drink from any water source. By the time the water gets to your mouth, it's as, it's as clean as tap water. Somebody invented that, right? And that solution was for Africa. I'm sure we have the minds that could have invented that here. I do believe that. And it saddens me that nobody thought of it. Maybe not that nobody thought of it, but whoever thought of it did not push further enough. I don't know the circumstances that could have led to it, but regardless, for the fact that somebody else ended up making it somewhere else and bringing it to us, that has to be the worst insult on our capabilities. You understand? And anyways getting back to the opportunities that covid-19 presented us with we saw a surge in um overall internet use across the entire continent and that's a great opportunity because an online world is a more connected world and that is heaven for any entrepreneur whether whether you you make physical goods or digital goods or you don't make goods you provide services for the fact that your clients are now available online you don't necessarily have to travel to them unless maybe you have a service that requires you to travel to them but to reach them you don't necessarily have to do all that the internet has changed all of that right it has changed all of that and you notice that in the past most companies that have become some of the biggest companies in the world right now had a push from a crisis. Alibaba had a push from the, um, I think it was SARS, the outbreak that happened at that time and people couldn't move around and now they were all looking for things uh, to buy online, buy online, everything was buying online and Alibaba had a push from that, right? And 2008, I believe, the economic crisis then, gave uber airbnb and all those a push right because people were looking for ways to leverage the uh, resources that they had somebody needs cash somebody needs a room put the two together exchange and voila you have your airbnb right and those companies had a push because there was a crisis and we've seen a surge a huge one at that a surge in demand for e-commerce, right? For example, demand for uh, e-learning, right? Or e-learning platforms, right? We've seen a surge uh, in demand for all those. We've seen a surge for, this is very interesting because when I saw it, I was like, isn't that an interesting thing? So there are platforms now where you can have an appointment with your doctor whilst you're sitting at home. And my question was, so how does the doctor test your vitals? How does the doctor check you? You know, if you are at home and he's, he's at home and it dawned on me. 
it's a gap. It's a gap in the market where somebody has to invent equipment that a doctor could leverage or access from wherever they are and be able to test a patient's vitals without necessarily being in the same room. That's a space that, that needs an African entrepreneur somewhere to, to invent. We have found ourselves at this point and we will need to invent solutions. There could be an opportunity to also improve solutions. This solution could already be out there and somebody has not really uh, taken full advantage of it or sent it out, but there is an opportunity there. I thought it was a very fascinating thing that a doctor could check on you without you ever leaving your home. So those are opportunities that are being presented right now. Technological advancements on the African continent are in their infancy. And that presents us with an opportunity to imagine anything and make anything. Which is why as businesses, we need to push, push for our governments to start considering these things as viable things. I was insulted um, some time back. I was, I'm not a doctor. But I know what works and what works when I when I look at it and I the science makes sense, right? I was insulted by what um, President Cyril Ramaphosa said. I, I believe I'll ask him when I get him for this podcast. I'll ask him what why he said that. Not that you might tell me, but this is what he said. So he says fogging machines don't work. There is no scientific proof that they do. I was like, whoa. Mr. President, we know fucking machines work. They've been working for a very long time, way before COVID came. But there he was. I'm, I'm, I understand it's information he's given. He's not a scientist, right? It's information he's given, right? But then for the fact that that information was allowed to go out there, it tells you technological advancements on the African continent are still in their infancy. I think Africa needs to take control of its economy. There is something I just remembered now. There is something that uh, Mampela Rampela said again. You know, she wrote a very amazing article. I'll put a link uh, in the uh, in the podcast notes. Um, she said something very profound. She did. She she mentioned that Africa needs to have one currency. And I thought to myself, that's that's a good start. That's a good start. That will save us the exchange rate, this exchange, that, and it will make the flow of money a bit faster, right? The Euro, uh, Europeans did it with the euro. It was a good idea. It was a good idea. I thought that was a very good idea, right? That would be part of us taking control back. I think I need to get it for the podcast, don't you think? That would be part of us gaining control back, starting to control our economy, right? Starting to control the economy on the African continent, and not be, not be in trouble because maybe the U.S. is in trouble or because China is in trouble or all of those, right? We need to start taking control of our economies. And that starts with entrepreneurs, right? That starts with entrepreneurs. We're the ones that have to be pushing for, for, for these changes to, to, to happen, um, pushing our leaders, pushing our, our government representatives to, to get all these things sorted out for us, put the structure in place, so that every entrepreneur can do business the way they want to do business. Okay? That's one thing. That's one thing we could do. I thought that was a really amazing uh, answer that um, Mampela Rampela gave. Uh, that we could have our own currency. 
Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think, because I would really love to, to, to have a discussion about whether or not Africa should have its own currency as we go into a post-pandemic era. Are these some of the things we need to start looking at or start, start uh, pushing for, right? And I'd love to talk to an economist about this. What would be the impact of Africa having um, one currency? I wonder what that would be. All right, but we'll, we'll continue this discussion. I would really love to know what that would be. Anyways, in all these things, at most, at most, Africa is at a position where it can leverage the skills that are on the continent, right? Particularly in technological advancements. I, I'm a strong believer that improving uh, um, the technological frontier of Africa would improve everything else. I believe there is a, um, a drone company from the United States that does, I think, medical deliveries um, in Ghana, Rwanda. Whilst that technology was great, it was not made by Africans. You know? <laughs> I think we could have done it on the continent, right? We could have totally done it on the continent. We know how to make a drone on the continent. We have the skills, we have the equipment, and there are blueprints for drones all over the internet. So we could have done it. But why didn't we? You know, there's something a friend of mine said. We cannot be asking for handouts every time. And we cannot complain about how we are treated if we are not doing much for ourselves. And that has to change. That has to change. Africa has to start doing things for itself. Right? Africa has to start doing things for itself. And those are some of the technological changes that we need to do as entrepreneurs. So there's an open call for every entrepreneur there to create a drone delivery system. It's a challenge. Go get them. Right? Yes, we need to create that. We need to create our own infrastructure. We need to make sure that we are building these things. People have talked to me a lot about... Um, the financing for businesses, right? We're having problems with financing. We're having problems with financing, right? Whenever we go ask for money to build a business, the bank doesn't want to give us because risk this, risk that. Which brings me to the point. We need our own banks, right? Entrepreneurs, I'm sure you're listening. Go for it. Go for it. We need our own uh, financial institutes, right? Not a financial institute that is an African name, but we know very well it was born in London. Not those. We don't. We don't want. We don't want those facades and face type institutions. We don't want those. We want an African-born business, an African-born bank, right? An African-born solution, right? We understand money differently on the African continent. We understand money culturally. We were brought up that way. Maybe the next generation that comes after us would have it differently, but we were born that way. We understand money culturally, right? Um, we only got to understand money economically a bit later on in life, but originally we understand money culturally, right? So we need our own institutes that can understand those things, right? That can understand what the African culture is, not just putting our brothers and sisters in positions that they don't have much influence on what happens with the actual bank or with the actual uh, services it provides, right? So that's another opportunity post-pandemic era. 
that's another opportunity that is available. We have to be ready for these things because they're coming. We're not going to have COVID forever. It's going to end. And at one point, we're all going to be looking at each other thinking, hey, why didn't we prepare for this? Hey, why didn't we prepare for that? Because the time is now to actually prepare for it. Okay? We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Remember to subscribe, review, and share this podcast. Be sure to join millions of fellow entrepreneurs at Big Shot Business Network. For this week's show notes, visit likeabigshot.com slash podcast. Until next week, this has been the Big Shot Business Podcast.